As you all know, I use Anchor FM to record all of my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. Anchor has all the tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And to top it off, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, y'all, it's completely free. Free 99. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. So, welcome back to Black and Blooming. I'm your host, Dahlia J. Don't forget to follow my show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified when I post new episodes. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Black and Blooming Pod. That's Black and Blooming Pod on Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for coming back and listening to my podcast. So, I do realize that... Um, This past weekend, I did not post, which I was supposed to have a new episode up for you guys. I do apologize. It's been really hard in my personal life recently, so I just did not have the mental capacity to do an episode. Um, Even though I really do enjoy doing this podcast, I really just had to take the time out to um, just take mental time out um so I could be by myself and regroup and make sure that I was good to keep going so I just want to say thank you um for being understanding the perk of me missing a week is that you will get two episodes for two Sundays in a row because this show is currently bi-weekly um I'm not really sure if everyone was clear on that but this uh, this podcast series is currently bi-weekly so you get two episodes per month depending on the month maybe three um but since I did not post last week you are getting two episodes in a row this month and you're getting three episodes total so hurrah hurrah yay 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 um I did want to um read a response to the question that I left on my last episode move accordingly so on my last episode podcast episode which if you have not listened to that after this episode make sure that you go back and listen to it move accordingly I wrote what is something recently that you realized you must re-examine and move accordingly and Jaquila Hall thank you Jaquila for responding to my question um wrote my work life is the biggest one at the moment my job was taking so much more than it was giving and that is one of the main reasons that I decided to move back to Vegas um congratulations Shaquille on moving back to Vegas and prioritizing yourself and realizing that your job was not giving you what you needed and making the best decision for you so I definitely commend you for that and I hope that um you've been enjoying your time back without further ado let's get into episode four of season two which is defining my blackness trigger warning there will be talks about some racism microaggressions all of those types of things in this episode so if you are not in the mind space in the headspace to listen to this right now I'm not offended 
go take some time out, go listen to a different episode of mine, and then come back when you're kind of like in a better space because this one's going to get really deep. It's going to get really serious a little bit, but as always, therapeutic. Kind of start off with this episode. We're just going to talk about my whole backstory. Y'all going to learn a lot about me today. So I just want to say that I am a Midwestern girl by heart, by nature, my mannerisms, the way that I talk, all of that. Midwestern written all over it. Um, And some of my family is from the South. So some of their words have made their way into my vocabulary. And um, as somebody who's from Southern Illinois, no, I'm not from Chicago, ain't never been to Chicago. Like (laughs) everybody, every time I tell people that I'm from Illinois, they always assume that I'm from Chicago. And no, I am not. I am from St. Louis, STL area, like that area of Illinois. So that's just a backstory about me. And when I lived in Illinois, if you are familiar with the area or you know anything about it, I grew up in an all white school. (laughs) And there were other kids there. I mean, there were a few other black kids there, but it was predominantly white. We had no teachers of color, none. All of them were white women. So it was very, very much like that. That was my experience growing up. And I lived there until I was 15. So I was there for a long time. And there were very few other black kids um, who weren't self-hating. The So my friend Trindy, who left voice messages in the previous episode, I have known her since first grade. Like we met in first grade. That's when we became friends. And surprisingly, we just became like really, really good friends, like best friends, um, like as adults during our college years. So she was one of the very few kids who weren't self-hating. She was the only one who wasn't really on that type of behavior. So it was really hard to, I guess, really be proud of my blackness and feel comfortable in who I was because going to that type of school in that type of environment who I was wasn't good enough and we will get into that more in the future like not in the future but more in the latter part of this episode so <clears throat> went to an all-white school in southern Illinois there weren't a lot of kids who weren't self-hating aside from honestly I would probably say my friend Trendy is probably one of the few people that I can name who wasn't And the entire time that I was there, y'all, I wanted to go to a nearby school. I'm not going to name the town because it ain't none of y'all business. But there was a nearby school that had way more black kids. They had more than just black kids. They had black kids. They had Latino kids. They had Asian kids. Like, it was way more diverse than my school. And I wanted to go there so bad, y'all. I wanted to go there for years. Like, I'm probably talking about since, like, sixth grade. I wanted to go to that school. And the only reason that I couldn't go to that school is because I wasn't zoned for it. Because if we had lived in the proper neighborhood and I had been zoned for that school, I would have been going. But we didn't live in that area of town, so therefore, you know, I wasn't zoned for that school, so they wouldn't let me go. Um, And unfortunately, I never got to go to that school. Um, I do think that I would be a completely different person today had I gone to that school. But who's to say whether or not that's a good or bad thing? Um... But that's pretty much how that went down. I did meet people from that school. I never really became friends with people 
from that school. Um, I just think we didn't have a lot in common based on how we were raised, who we were raised around. Um, and back then I was not very in tune with the culture, y'all. Like I would talk to other black kids and they'd be like, oh, do you know who this is? Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? And I didn't know how to do any of those things because I wasn't raised in an environment where those things were prominent, you know? I was one of the few. I was one of the very few that there was at the school. So I wasn't raised in an environment during that time where my culture was prominent. So there was a lot that I did not know and I didn't understand. And unfortunately, that ended up with me hating my blackness. Like I honestly, I didn't hate black people as a whole. I hated my blackness. It was very personal. It was very personal for me. I felt unattractive. I felt alone because I didn't have many friends. Um, to this day, I can't tell you why people didn't want to be friends with me. I don't know if it was because I was black. I don't know if because they didn't think I was cute enough. I don't know if it was because I wasn't athletic to this very day I cannot tell you why I did not have a lot of friends but I didn't and I was always searching for friends and y'all have heard me talk about how I still struggle with making friends and I feel like this plays a huge role in it and I know that I'm not the only person who has or does feel this way when it comes to who you are as a black person but I didn't have many friends and I I couldn't tell you why um you know, a lot of people didn't, I felt like I was annoying to them. I felt like I was a burden. You know, I would think that I was cool with people and then I was their second choice. I was their second best. They would always pick other people over me. They would always invite other people instead. They would always say that so-and-so was their best friend or so-and-so was this to them. And I was the last pick. Um, so yeah, I, that's how I felt a lot. And then I never got asked out. You know, I wasn't allowed to date. Like, y'all, my mom was not about that. Like, she was like, you can't date until you're like 16 or 17 or something like that. And then even when I did turn 17, she was still like, oh, you didn't ask me if it was okay if you said you'd go on that date. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, I never got asked out even though I wasn't allowed to date. Um, but it would have been nice to have had the option. It would have been nice had somebody at least shown some interest, you know, because as an adolescent girl, that's what you want. That's how we're molded. That's how we're shaped. That you must be beautiful if guys want to ask you out, if guys want to give you attention. Um, I never got asked to dance at school dances. My mom was so concerned. She was so concerned, y'all, that people were going to be doing freaky stuff on the dance floor in middle school. And I'm like mama nobody likes me <laughs> I'm like mama nobody is going to try to do anything with me like you you don't understand you have nothing to worry about believe me you ain't got nothing to worry about um and then crushes never liked me back I'm not ready to get into this right now I'm not ready to put this dude on blast because at this point like we were kids I'm 22 now and I'll be 23 in a few months it's you know what, what what is what happened all transpired when we were literally children but I had a particular crush on this one dude for like I kid y'all not six years six years and he never liked me back <laughs> like and I do mean never liked me back like y'all I 
now that I'm grown, I can't get a whooping for it. But I used to write this dude letters. Like, I would be like, oh my goodness, like, I like you. Like, that. I like, at first I was like that type of girl, but <laughs> then I was like, you know what? Like, maybe I should tone it down a bit. Like, you know, maybe I'm coming on too strong. So then I was like, um, you know, like, hey, like, what's your favorite color? Like, what do you like doing? What kind of books do you like reading? Like, and mind you, y'all, I was in like the third grade, the fourth grade, the fifth grade, like, <clears throat> mind you, this is how old I was. I used to write this dude letters. He would respond to him because he was nice, but he did not like me back, y'all. And I wasn't getting the hint. Like, I was watching way too much Disney Channel. I thought my life was going to be um, Selena Gomez and Princess Protection Program. I thought my life was going to be Cheetah Girls, Raven. How the old white dude who liked to play the piano, how he ended up liking her at the end, even though she wasn't even paying him any attention. Like, I thought my life was going to be Hilary Duff in a Cinderella story. I thought I was going to have an Austin Ames. <laughs> and that had me a little boy crazy for a little bit. A little bit. But um, he was nice. He would write back to the letters. Um, you know, him being a white adolescent boy. There were some things that he said that were unfortunate, not too crazy, but did not help with my confidence. So, yeah. And then there were other girls at the school who were white and who were mixed. There were two twins who were super athletic, super pretty, had blue eyes, and they were mixed. They were black and white. And I still follow them on social media no disrespect for y'all if y'all listen to this episode I'm just this was my experience I got I have no beef with them at this point again we were all adolescents we were all children I would like to think and hope that people have grown since then but these were the girls who were receiving all the attention at school like my friend Trinity like she was cute we were all cute we were all cute for what 13 year olds should look like like we actually looked our age and dudes would make comments about like her you know how she looked and like people would make comments about me and my hair oh my goodness they're people's favorite thing to talk about when it came to me was my hair and you know I wasn't one of those girls who were receiving the attention and I always felt like what is wrong with me why am I not receiving this attention not even ask me to dance at like the eighth grade formal not even ask me to dance at homecoming like I was just like what is the dealio like and it made me feel ugly I felt ugly and I just felt like you know like nobody liked me um and it really led me to a space that was very unfortunate and very unhealthy where there was a point in time where I didn't even want to be black like I was so upset and So I just felt so alone, especially in the space that I was in. I didn't even want to be black. I wanted to be white or Native American or I was like, or even mixed. Like, I did not want to be full black. Like, I remember there was like, we did like a show and tell or like a fun facts or whatever. And at this time, I wasn't very familiar about the details of my dad. Um... If y'all don't know, I am an only child raised by a single mom. I do not know my father. And I remember my mom telling me like, oh, your dad's half black. You know, he's half white. That's what she told me. 
And for some reason, my little 11 year old, like 10, 11 year old brain was like, oh my goodness, like I have a little white in me. I'm mixed, like da 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 da. And for some reason in my head, I thought he was white. I think it was the, the way my mom says things sometimes are a little like, she'll be like, I'll be like, oh, is my dad white? And she was like, yeah, you could say that, I guess, because he was half. Like, that's the type of things that my mom would say. But me being a 10 or 11 year old, I'm taking things literally. Like, I'm not reading between the lines. So I thought that my dad was black. I mean, I thought that my dad was white. Me being that age, not reading between the lines, I thought that my dad was white when she made that comment. And so for show and tell one time, I was telling the class like, oh yeah, like my dad's white. And then this one little girl, <laughs> she was like, well, if you're mixed and your dad's white, then how come you don't have blue eyes like so-and-so and so-and-so? And she was referring to the two mixed twins. Like, how come you don't have blue eyes like so-and-so and so-and-so? And I was like, I don't know. Like I was 10 or 11 you know, being the adult that I am now, I could easily combat. I was like, genetics? Um, everybody who's mixed doesn't have green or brown eyes. I mean, green or blue eyes. Um, mixed comes in all different shapes and forms. Um, but at the time, I didn't know how to come back to that. So that kind of shut me down and they didn't believe me anyway. But just to clarify, the man who is my father is half white. So technically... I am mixed, but I'm black, y'all. Like, <laughs> I'm black. So, um, yeah, I I didn't want to be black. And that was just an example of me, like, finding out that I was, like, this and that. And finding out that my dad was half white. So I was like, oh, once they find out I'm, like, 25% white, then they're going to see me as one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I, that's really what I wanted as an, a 10 or 11 year old. Like I wanted that validation from the white kids at my school. I wanted that validation from everyone else at my school. And it's very unfortunate that I felt that way. Um, and at the time, you know, also y'all know the education they give us in, um, K through 12, y'all already know about the education system. So I felt like black people had no culture. Because the only time we ever talked about black people in school was the civil rights and slavery. That's it. There was nothing about um, what Africa was like before they were put on slave ships and forced to come to America and forced to work. There was nothing about black pride. There was nothing that went into depth about the triumphs that were had um, by black Americans during those times of struggle, during those times of strife. And there was nothing even taught about how black Americans have contributed so deeply to mainstream American culture. Like we didn't talk about those things. They talked about slavery and civil rights. And I just felt like we didn't have no culture. Like they badmouthed the Black Panthers. They badmouthed Malcolm X, like all of the really radical people of those times they badmouth them and they force fed to us what they wanted us to think and be like um so I you know where I was the education that I was receiving I didn't I didn't feel like I had culture as a black person and I would see there was this one girl at my school she was the only Mexican girl like y'all when I tell you the school was not diverse it was not she was the only Mexican girl at the school. And when she came, everybody was like so crazy over her because she was super fair skinned. Um, she was a super light skinned um, Mexican girl. 
and she spoke Spanish like she spoke multiple languages and so people were really fascinated by that including myself because I only to this day only speak English and again that also made me feel even more insecure about being black because I was like not only do I not fit in with the white people here but they don't even find me interesting because I only speak one language I only speak English and then you know also not having those cultural traditions like for Cinco de Mayo and now that I'm older I realize that this is kind of racist for Cinco de Mayo (laughs) with the first year that she was there they were like oh so and so you should teach everyone how to do this dance from your culture and like as someone who is dating a man who is like Latino I realized that Cinco de Mayo isn't even a real holiday and um also it's they don't celebrate it like the vast majority like a lot of Mexican people that I've talked to just told me that they don't celebrate it so you know now that I'm an adult I kind of realized that it wasn't really a compliment them asking her to perform it was kind of like a oh do a little jig for us kind of thing but I felt insecure because I was like oh they're asking her to do a dance and mind you mind y'all she came when I was in fourth grade so I was like nine or ten this is a very adolescent place that we're talking about not an adult not a teenager we're talking about adolescent Dahlia and I was like well they want her to perform her you know traditions like as a black as black people like we don't have like cultural dances and things like that again because I was ignorant about my own culture because I didn't recognize the significance of what we had of what I had during that time and it's sad you know and I also didn't realize like I didn't realize that you know the reason why black people had to come here and make their own culture is because the little culture they did have was stripped away from them and beaten out of them for over 200 years because of the slave trade so I was sitting up there being sad and disappointed because I felt like I had no culture meanwhile black people got so many dances you know at the t- by that time the cupid shuffle was out um you know we got the electric slide we have the tootsie roll like all these different dances like you know even more modern dances the nene like pretty much every tiktok dance that goes viral like so much culture but at the time i didn't realize that and so i really felt insecure about the fact that they you know that time came around and they wanted her to do something but black history month came around and all they did was talk about civil rights so i really did not appreciate my black my blackness and then it got to a point where i just wanted to move I was like, I hate feeling like this. Um, I was depressed, y'all. I was depressed. I was sad. I didn't have friends. so I didn't have people to talk to about it. I couldn't talk to my family about it because they just didn't understand. Um, They didn't understand what I was coming from. They didn't understand what it was like for me. And that was something that I just couldn't talk to them about. So I was just miserable. I hated it there. I mean, hate with a passion. Like, hate. So I was like, you know what, I'm ready to move, like, let's go. And so when my mom told me, like, we're moving to Vegas in 2015, I was ready. I was ready to go. And I told all the little kids, I was like, I'm moving to Vegas, y'all. Like, I'm not going to be here next year. And they were like, oh, you say you're moving every year. Who lived in Vegas for seven years? Um, <laughs> Who lived in Vegas for seven years? Oh, yeah, right. That's me. So, um... 
yeah, I was ready to go. Um, so we moved to Vegas in 2015 and I thought everything was just going to magically change. I thought everything was just going to magically be different. Cause I was like, I know there's a way more black people there. I don't know anything about the culture, but I know that there's way more black people there. I know it's way more diverse and I don't have to be the only one all the time. And when I first got to Vegas, y'all, I was so amazed. I had never seen so many um, different types of people and cultures in my life. I didn't, before I moved to Vegas, I didn't know anything of that. I didn't even know anything about like Polynesians and Samoans. Like I didn't know anything about that culture. I had never even paid a thought to it because where I came from, the school that I went to, no one was from that culture. So when I got to Vegas and I started meeting people from those cultures, I started meeting other black people. I started meeting people who were from Africa, okay, Africa. I was like, you, like, I was amazed because I had never been around that much culture. But then there was the whole cultural shock of going from a Midwestern girl to going to West Coast. And I still didn't feel black enough at points. And I still don't to this day. Like, people will talk about, like, knowing how to do box braids, knowing how to crochet their hair, you know, knowing how to wear wigs, knowing how to double dutch, knowing how to do all these different things that I, as a black person, don't know how to do. I don't know how to double dutch. I can't do box braids to save my life. Matter of fact, I can't cornrow to save my life, y'all. Flat twisting is where it's at for me. I cannot cornrow. I don't know how to roller skate. And there are several other things. I don't know how to play spades, y'all. That's been my mission for like the last two years. I don't know how to play spades. Like, and I still think about those things and being like, oh, like other black people who are like super into the culture know how to do those things, who are super into the culture, have their own traditions that they do every single year. There are some dishes that I don't even think of or know how to make from my culture until like I see a video on it because I feel like I have been so dis even after moving to Vegas, like I feel like I was disconnected from the little bit that I did have because I didn't realize that it was my culture until I no longer had it. I didn't realize that having collard greens and smothered pork chops and fried corn and black eyed peas and all these different things and scorched sweet potatoes, like I didn't realize that all of those things were a part of me being a black American until I didn't have it anymore, until I didn't have that. I didn't have my grandmother to cook that for me on Sundays after church. I didn't realize that until I couldn't find any black churches and I wasn't hearing gospel every time I went. I wasn't hearing the choir, you know, go hard for Jesus at the beginning of the service. Like I did not recognize that those were things that were part of my culture and that was part of my blackness, me indulging in those things. It wasn't superficial things like learning how to roller skate. It wasn't superficial things like knowing how to corn row. I don't have to know those things to be black, but I didn't realize that until I was away from my family and I was separated and I longed for those things. And um, it still affects me. It affected me then, it still affects me now. But now I have, you know, taken it upon myself to teach myself those things. If I really want to learn how to do something and I really feel like it will make me feel closer to my culture, closer to my people, then it's my responsibility as an adult to go and learn how to do it. 
um, I also felt really hard and still do sometimes that it's hard trying to relate to um, black people who were raised in the West because they're not raised the same way as black people in the Midwest or black people in the South. Like there are just certain cultural and regional, you know, traditions and expectations that are just not shared. Like I won't get into them, but they do exist. If you're someone who's from the Midwest or someone who is from the South and you have come to live in the West, you will quickly learn and recognize that there are a lot of regional differences in culture with black people here. And so I often feel that disconnect as well because there are certain things that they don't understand, but I was raised doing. Like they they don't understand that. And then even back then, and sometimes to this day, depending on who I talk to, so I try to live in my interactions, I have had family members make comments about me acting white or speaking white. I've literally had strangers comment on my YouTube video telling me that I was whitewashed. And it's one of those things where it's like, quote unquote, speaking white or speaking properly. Um, it's a result of growing up in a predominantly white environment. How else do you want me to speak when literally for 15 years of my life, five days a week, eight hours a day, I was sent to school with a bunch of white kids. How else would you expect me to speak? You are a product of your environment. How else would you expect me to speak if when I go to school and I speak the way that y'all speak at home and they correct me and they tell me that I sound ghetto? Yes, one time I was in art class and Trinity, because obviously Trinity is like the OG. She's like a reoccurring character in pretty much every story of mine from my childhood. We were having a conversation about something and we said, Finna. We said Finna. Everybody knows that Finna means gonna or going to. Now, when you say gonna, oh, I'm gonna do this, there's no issue. Nobody corrects you. Nobody says, oh, you need to say going to. But when they heard us say Finna, our, our um, art teacher, she said, why are you saying finna? Y'all said, y'all sound ghetto. Like y'all sound ghetto talking like this. Microaggression, racist, racist. <laughs> That's just what it was. This other girl, she was like, what does finna mean? Is it a noun or a verb? And we looked at each other. We were like, it's a verb. It means going to. And we kept speaking the way that we were speaking because there was nothing wrong with the way that we were speaking. It was our dialect. It was our vernacular. But saying all that to say how can you tell me that I speak white or that I act white when you sent me to an environment with predominantly that like what else could you easily expect so that is that is how I have struggled throughout my life embracing my back blackness and to this day I still struggle I mean embracing my my identity as a black woman has been a very long strenuous journey and I have I have come up with my own ways of coping and developing my own safe spaces um some of the long-term effects is to this day I still question if I'm black enough I still question if I am black enough if I am cultured enough if I'm not as cultured like I still have those insecurities sometimes and I often find myself questioning if people don't want to be my friend 
or hang out with me or whatever the case may be because of my race. Because I often notice that when I'm the only one or the only one like me, I end up getting left out of the equation. So those are some really long-term effects of having to grow up in this environment and questioning my blackness and who I am. And then I also have stopped trying to put myself in a box because I'm black, because being black is not just one thing. If you allow other people to tell you that you are not black or you're not black enough because you don't know how to roller skate, because you don't know how to do the electric slide, because you don't know how to corn row, all of those different things, don't. Don't let anybody tell you that you are not black because of those things. Why? Because those are superficial things. Yes, they are great and they are a huge part of our culture. But you not knowing how to roller skate, you not knowing how to corn row does not make you any less black. Now, if you are uneducated about your own culture and you talk down about other black people as a black person, then yes, I'm looking at you with the side eye. But if you're questioning whether or not you're black enough because of how you speak or how you talk or experiences that you have had that you have absolutely no control over, don't. It's not just one thing. And don't let anybody tell you different. As an adult, I define what my blackness means for me. I don't allow others to define it. If somebody wants to make a comment to me that's sideways, I don't need that person in my life. I don't need to have conversations with them. I don't need to have them close by because if you want to tell me I'm not black because I don't know how to do this or I'm not black because I haven't gone to this place or I don't know this or I don't know that. The system that we live in has trained us and taught us to be as. What's the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> they have trained us and they have taught us to be as disconnected from our roots as possible. So think about that the next time you try to shame someone because of what they do and don't know about their own culture just be grateful for the fact that you did have that experience and you were taught those things because some of us have to go out and seek it it's not just readily available in our environments in our everyday environment some of us have to actually go out and seek that knowledge because it's not being provided to us by our teachers sometimes it's not being provided to us by our parents by our family we have to go out and seek that knowledge so think about that the next time you decide to make a comment to somebody telling them that they're not black enough and I've also been healing my inner child. And that's a huge part. Therapy plays a role in that. And I have been doing that through prayer and therapy because I need healing from all of that in order for me to continue on and be the person that I want to be and raise the children that I want to have in the future to be proud of that black part of them and to be knowledgeable about that. I need to heal my inner child. So I've been praying. I've been going to therapy. I've been talking through things. And I also unfollow a lot of people from high school and don't follow a lot of people from high school. You know, there are some people from high school who have followed me. I just don't follow them back because I don't need to see what you're doing. I don't need to see who you're with or the fact that you're still in the same place that we grew up in. I don't need to see that you still hang out with the same people, the same people who hurt me as a child. Like, I, I don't need that. And so I unfollowed a lot of those people. And still to this day, I'm still unfollowing some of them because I'm like, you know what? 
I don't think that having you on my timeline or having you pop up in my stories is really the healthiest thing for me. So I unfollow them. And sometimes that's just what you got to do. So my last words regarding defining my blackness is it has been and is a journey. And hopefully, well, no, I know that there are other people who can relate to this because I have talked to several people who have had similar experiences, who have experienced the same kind of comments, who have felt the way that I do because of the way that they were raised and where they were raised, who they were raised around, and then being judged by other people. Don't don't judge us. Don't judge us. Just educate. Educate and share the culture, but don't judge us for not knowing. It's really not our fault. We're trying to learn and be a part of the culture just like you. So let's give each other grace. Let's give each other grace. I would really love for y'all to um, use the voice message feature for my podcast because I feel like if people really resonated with this episode, I would love to hear, you know, you vocalize how you felt, how you resonated with it. There is a feature for you to leave a voice message. So if you visit anchor.fm slash black and blooming, that's black and blooming spelled out the and not the symbol. Um, there is a feature, there's a little talk bubble. If you click on that, you can record a voice message similar to how um, my friend Trinity recorded her voice message in last week's episode. And tell me how you related to this episode what you got out of it I would love to hear people kind of connect I do have people message me and tell me that they resonated with certain parts of my episode but I would love to share that with everyone just so we can build a community like let's build a community y'all but um thank you for listening to the black and blooming podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please follow the show and leave a rating on spotify and apple podcast you can also leave reviews on certain podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts. And then please answer this week's question. Um, it will be posted on Spotify. You can, Unfortunately, you can only answer this week's question on Spotify. But again, if you want to answer this week's question, you can also send in a voice message, which the question will be, how do you define your blackness? Or you can also just share what you got from this episode. But I would love to hear how others define their blackness for them and what it means to them but without further ado thank y'all for listening make sure you follow me on instagram at black and blooming pod and i will see y'all next week because you're getting two episodes in a row this time bye